Is your world a little crazy and off-kilter at the moment? Feeling a bit frazzled? Well then, you've found the perfect place to regain some quiet today. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast, where we study His Word and encourage one another. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. This is episode 65, and the first episode in our brand new season. We're calling it Grace and Peace. We will be studying Ephesians this season, and I can't wait. I really love Ephesians, Sharon. I studied it on my own this past fall, and I love the beginning theme in Ephesians of really securing our identity in Christ. Paul starts out telling us how we are chosen by God and so loved, and even chosen to be holy. And then through the next three chapters, he describes all the wonderful things we can do with Christ, through Christ, and under the authority of Christ, along with Christ, and united with him. (laughs) It's very exciting to see all the ways that God is with us. Mid-book, there's a wonderful reassurance about our salvation and how it's not anything we can earn, but that it's given to us freely, and how we are God's masterpieces. I really love that part. Oh, yes. (laughs) And next, on to the beautiful description on God's grace and mercy. And also encouragement to use the gift of the Holy Spirit as strength within us. There's a great section on husbands and wives, as well as parents and children. And then finally, at the end, he closes with the chapter on the full armor of Christ and how to guard these gifts and be aware of the attack, the attack of the devil. So essentially using all these wonderful gifts we learned about in previous chapters. It's just a great book to read on almost the basic steps in our walk with God. After we are Christians, we may ask, what now? This is the book to study to further grow or to reinvigorate our walk with God. After reading about his great love and mercy, I want to spend more time with him. So Sharon, let's talk about this title, Grace and Peace. Why did you choose that to start us off? Well, first of all, I was excited before your introduction, and now I'm more excited. (laughs) You really did love it, didn't you? I did. Oh, my goodness. It's a great book. (laughs) It is. And just giving that overview was so helpful to me to remember all the different parts There's a lot in this book. There's so much in Ephesians. Yes. Well, season five is all Ephesians, except for one little Easter week, because there's so much in Ephesians that we're going to (laughs) unpack. And we're starting with grace and peace. It's so good to be back in the studio with you, pondering God's word and life together. (laughs) I chose grace and peace, those two key words, because I think we're going to see, as we study this book, both words are themes. They're kind of themes mm. of this letter to the people in Ephesus. And, and also, this is how Paul greets the Ephesian church at the very beginning of the letter. It's an mm. important um, way to begin. And I love how he always sort of begins with blessing. Yeah. So this is what it says, Ephesians 1, 1 through 2. This letter is from Paul. Don't you like that? <laughs> I don't write my letters like that. This letter is from Sharon. <laughs> But anyway, clear though. <laughs> yeah. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Oh, there it is. I know. That's nice. <laughs> it's almost like a little blessing at the beginning. Yeah. So we're going to define the terms. Grace is one of my very favorite words. Mm -hmm. It means undeserved or unmerited favor. Grace is kindness and love poured out on someone who has not earned a right to it. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely what God did for us when he came and died for us. 
And I love that related word, gracious, Nicole. Mm. I, I am not always gracious. <laughs> <clears throat> if someone pushes me, I want to push back, mm. not move out of the way and give them first place. But Jesus encourages graciousness beyond what one would consider reasonable in the Sermon of the Mount. <laughs> I mean, extreme graciousness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so can you read that very hard portion of scripture that talks about graciousness? Oh, yes. This portion makes me cringe a little. <laughs> it's from Matthew 5, 38 through 48. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If somebody slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If the soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you were kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Yowzers. That's I mean, it's like crazy. <laughs> oh, you took my coat? Um, have have my shirt as well, or vice versa. Yes, you know, just, I've never felt that way spontaneously no, on my own. <laughs> no, just that grace, that undeserved yeah. favor on someone that super doesn't deserve it. It's just amazing. Grace mm. doesn't demand its own way. A gracious person gives the other the benefit of the doubt and steps aside rather mm. than shoving back. I know. And that is, it's so hard, Sharon. It's not the normal way of life. And it's certainly foreign to us in America, you know, used to getting, demanding our rights. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's downright uncomfortable to be gracious sometimes. I don't know why this is so hard to be gracious. Maybe because it feels so personal to be wrong. So we just react straight from our flesh, you know? Mm -hmm. I know I've had times when Josh has extended loads of grace when I've made a mistake or just had a bad week and made some poor financial choices, <laughs> which <laughs> makes his job of balancing the budget a lot more work. But he's so kind and he will explain again how it all works and help me figure out how to balance it again and oh. find money, even though it was Patient my Josh. impulse shopping. <laughs> yes, he's very gracious. He's oh, a good example my to goodness. me of it. <laughs> well, Ray was a good example to me this past week because, oh, oh my goodness, Nicole, he bought me the most beautiful surprise present at Christmas. Oh. Ray never gives me surprises. No. He much prefers to know in advance I will like it. Yes. He was I super nervous that. about it. <laughs> it's the first time in, we've been married over 40 years, that I have been given a surprise gift of this magnitude. This is really special. I then. know it is. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. So, anyways, <laughs> for, my, for my 60th birthday, he got me this new wedding set, and it's oh. a white gold with um, a pink star sapphire oh, on it. Because it's just what I want. Yeah. And he did it. So, but I chose it out. Yes. So that's more typical. <laughs> so he was scrolling through coals on, um, you know, line and he saw star sapphire white gold earrings oh, wow. that really matched match this. And so they were on sale, which good because they were, they were 70% <laughs> off. So he buys nice. me these earrings anyways. Oh. So I open them Christmas morning. I cry. I weep. I'm so excited. Yes. Then Catherine comes to visit. I wear them. The end of the day, I reach up and one is gone. Oh no! Can you stand it? Oh no! I wear <laughs> I wear earrings every day, yes. and, and at the end of the day, there are two in my ears. Always. Why? 
this Why? special rate earrings. So I didn't, oh. I didn't tell him right away because I kept hoping I'd find it. Right. You know? <laughs> so, but in the end, of course, I knew I needed to tell him because right. that's honesty and that's right. And it was terrible. So I was a coward. I wrote him a letter <laughs> and I told him in the letter how much I loved it and how sad I was I lost it and, yeah. um, and all that. So I wrote him the letter. Oh, I made him go read it by himself. <laughs> <Sharon>. <laughs> sitting in the other room waiting for him to read the letter he comes right in he puts his arms open he's like come here he said you got yourself all worked up about this he said yes it was expensive but it was 70% off which made me feel better (laughs) so we're going to look again for another 70% off sale and they'll have three that's sweet that's a long story but it's just such a sweet example of of grace extended toward me because um you know that was his first attempt at pleasing me, and I went right. lost it the second time I wore them. So He could have been really quite fired up about it if he chose that. He yeah. chose the gracious he response. Did. He did. He did. So Aww. thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that you remember that. I feel like I'm bad at remembering the times when people are gracious to me, Sharon. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's hard in the moment when you're frustrated to extend that same grace. It is. So and I have to remember when I see his socks on the floor to give him grace because he gave me some grace. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, let's talk about peace now. I bet we can get some peace if you remember to be gracious to others. What do you think? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Oh, so anyway, I looked up peace and it's defined as freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Sounds pretty great, doesn't it? (laughs) Yes, it does. But the thing is, we live in an incredibly terrifying and very unpeaceful world, world at times. So I looked up what the definition of peace is as it's meant in the Bible. And I found this really great description of biblical peace and I really loved it. It says, biblical peace is more than just the absence of conflict. It is taking action to restore a broken situation. It's more than a state of inner tranquility. It is a state of wholeness and completeness. Biblical peace is not something we can create on our own. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And as we, you know, believers know that ultimately God is the only source of true peace in this world. And Sharon, tell me, how do we grow these fruits of the Spirit? (laughs) (laughs) I know, because it's hard to do, isn't it? It is. (laughs) And it starts with sweet Sila time. It always does. It starts with sitting at his feet, Mm. remembering who he is, and remembering what's true. That's what I always have to go back to when I'm feeling unpeaceful. Mm. Okay, well, what is true? I'm loved. And I'm not loved because I've been particularly fancy. I'm loved because God made me, and he, and he likes me, you know? Mm, and, and my destination is heaven. Things like that help bring back the peace. Yes. How about you? What brings back peace to you? I love, when you think about, like, the fruits of the Spirit, I think of, like, a little tree again. And we've talked about being a tree planted in the right place. And I think about, like, well, where, what am I feeding right now? What am I feeding my little roots? Am I feeding it on God's word and sitting at his feet? Or am I listening to the news and listening to all the people and frenzied around me? Like what, what's feeding my, my, my peace or lack of it? <laughs> you know what? That's so true. That's true. What, yeah. Where our mind goes, what we're thinking about affects yes. peace or lack of it. Oh, anxiety, sure. super, well, anxiety attacks, you can't really help. They just like hit you. But but the worry kind of thing, yes. that comes when we choose to dwell on, oh, yeah. on the unpleasant instead of what is eternally true, yes. which is in the end, it works out great. 
It does. <laughs> we keep forgetting the ending. We know the ending. I we keep forgetting. It's like, oh, it's, this is horrible. It's the messy middle. It's yes. the pacing the garage looking for an earring. Yes. Right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Please let me find it, Lord. But the Lord said, no, I think you need to talk to Ray about this. Yeah. So, oh, anyways. It's oh. much better just to get it out there, too. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, and you know what I liked about that definition of peace? I just wanted to emphasize it again before yeah. we go on because I loved it. It's, you said that it's not just the absence of conflict, it is taking action to restore a broken situation. Yes. I really love that, that, that a peacemaker takes action to restore mm, and not make true. things worse. I mean, the Proverbs talk about stirring up anger. Right. You know, when, when you bring peace to something, you're looking to fix and mm. heal, not stir up and agitate more. Right. And, um, oh, and you're not looking to get your own way or to be right either. You're looking to fix something yes. broken. So you're looking for the pieces yes. that are missing or what's needed. It's so beautiful. What yeah. a glorious thing for Paul to say. I know. Grace, oh. undeserved favor to you. Peace. Oh, I should so say much. that more. Next time I, I see you, I'm going to say grace and peace to you. Oh, well, thank you. I know what that means now. <laughs> well, okay then. We're going to look at Ephesians from the perspective of grace and peace. Paul's going to unpack these two words for us over and over throughout our study, and we're going to return to them. But now it's time to return to the opening verses in Ephesians again. Hmm. Nicole, why don't you read Ephesians 1, 1 through 2 one more time? Sure. This letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Hmm. You know, I love how Paul identifies himself as chosen by the will of mm. God to be an apostle of Christ. And he sure was. Yeah. I mean, he's just walking along a road, and all of a sudden he's blinded by a light he can't see, and there's Jesus saying, hello, here I am, I'm real. Right. There's That's, no questioning that. I feel like he was chosen pretty clearly, <laughs> yeah. you know? He really was. But even we are, maybe not as dramatically, but um, <laughs> it's really wild to think that he was called so specifically, oh, yeah. wasn't it? That is pretty cool. I couldn't imagine being called that dramatically. It would be much easier to be told very specifically with a blinding light, you are to do this. <laughs> I know it. We <laughs> don't I get wish. that, do we? No. 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 <laughs> But I think sometimes, like, I, you know, I've gotten so caught up in looking for God's big plan for my life that I've forgotten to simply be kind to my neighbor or my yes. family members, you know? Mm -hmm. But God calls us to the thousands of little ways to follow his will he and sure be kind does. each day. He sure does. If yeah. we don't know the big plan, and sometimes he only gives us enough light for the step right. ahead of us, we know the small plan, and you're yes. right, it's kindness. Yep. Yeah. So not everyone gets the big laid out plan like Paul, but that's okay. We have to rest in our own little path with Jesus. Exactly right. <laughs> and step by step, he'll unfold yes. it. You're right. So, so, well, after Paul identifies himself, he identifies the readers of the letter. He calls them the holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. So mm. let's start with Ephesus. Yeah. So Ephesus, I did some research, was a magnificent city back in the day. I didn't know that. Oh. It was located where modern day Turkey is now. Um, it was a capital city and a trade port, and it was also a huge center of pagan worship. So a rough place to start church. <laughs> yes, it would be. So Paul ended up in Ephesus at, on one of his missionary journeys and preached to the people and converted many of them to Christianity. Um, a church was established there, and he left a couple in charge of it and went on to continue his missionary work. But he did come back to Ephesus and spent three years with this church to continue to encourage them and to help them grow in their faith as new believers. Um, the Ephesians church really struggled with sticking to this one new way, um, and they had a hard time separating some of Paul's teaching um, and, their new belief in, and their new beliefs from the pervasive pagan culture around them. 
It's pretty interesting, Sharon. Ephesus was a location of the Temple of Artemis or Diana. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah it's one of the seven the ancient wonders. wonders. of the world. Yeah, it was Huge. magnificent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's mostly destroyed now. I've never seen it, but... <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> so this city had its very own magnificent temple to a pagan god. So the Christians have that looming nearby in their culture. Literally looming. Yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Where, and they had people coming from all over to worship at this temple. So because of this, many sales of goods were dedicated to the goddess Diana and to her worship. Um, they were making and selling little small idols of her and various mm. forms of ways to worship her. Uh-huh. So this was a huge part of the livelihoods of the people around It's basically them. a tourist city, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes, and it was yeah. like a big part of getting the money into the city too. Mm-hmm. So and there were other temples and gods that worshiped there too, but the Diana temple was the big one. So this, this poor little church, this poor little new church was fighting a very strong multi-deity culture. This, that's actually one of the big things that set them apart right away and caused them quite a bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the fact that this new religion, these new Christians, didn't accept any other gods or any other pagan rituals as acceptable in their form of worshiping the one true God. Yeah. That was a yeah. big deal. Because mm-hmm. most of the other religions in that area at the time were accepting of several different religions and kind of all muddled it together. And as long as you didn't cause trouble or affect Ephesus or, you know. They didn't care. Or its prosperity. You they didn't care. You worship lots of gods. You can just kind of pick uh-huh. it. It was like a buffet of gods at the a time. A buffet. A gold buffet. Were, they were everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so you can actually read about a big fight that broke out um, in the end of the book of Acts. I think it's like chapter 18 or 20 or something. Uh-huh. That talks just about this, that some of the local silversmiths were really angry because the sale of their idols of Diana were plummeting. Wow. That yeah. means there were a lot of Christians. Yes. So it was booming despite all of this country, you know. Fascinating. <laughs> so it was really neat. And they kind of went after Paul um, because they were upset with him. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's just Ephesus, they held their ground in the beginning. That poor little church did a really good job to faithfully read the letters that Paul had written to them. And when he was there for three years, he encouraged them so much to kind of stand firm in their faith during a time when that was a tough culture to start out you with. You better believe it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I really admire them, you know? <laughs> oh, I think that's neat. I really do. I, I love that Paul absolutely loves the people he leads to faith in oh, Christ, yeah. don't you? You can you see s- it in his letters. You see it Just, over and yeah. over again. You really can. It shows in each and every letter. It yeah. does. And this introduction shows what he valued in them. So I, I love that about it. So he calls them holy, first of all. Holy means separate, set apart sanctified for a purpose. Mm. Nicole, that's us. How oh, cool is that? It, does, it feels weird <laughs> to say we're holy because yeah. we're not except for Christ, but but he's made us holy. Mm. We're in the process of being made holy as God uses us for a purpose in his kingdom. We are not like people that don't know him. We are his, mm. holy his, <laughs> using that other <laughs> word that sounds like holy. Our whole selves ought to be surrendered to him, set apart for his use. And mm. that's what Paul valued. People who were gladly surrendered to the God who knew best how to make their lives meaningful and full of value and purpose. Mm. I love that. He also called them faithful followers of Christ Jesus. So, all right, faithful follower, Nicole. What, what makes someone a faithful follower? I, they think they did a good job showing that, didn't they? <laughs> True yeah. faithful followers would follow in the bad times along with the good. It's easy to follow God when he says yes to our prayers and life is going well, but it's a lot harder to follow God when life is hard and confusing. Um, but God calls us to faithfulness 
calls us to a faithfulness that means all the time. And he will bless us for sticking with him through the tough times. I like that. All the time faithfulness. Yeah, not just when we oh, feel Oh, Lord, like give me all the time faithfulness. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Paul demonstrates great faithfulness through his writing letters from prison. Hmm. This is during his first captivity in Rome that oh, he right. writes this letter yeah. to the Ephesians. And Bible scholars believe that there were two separate times that Paul was imprisoned. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah. Ephesians was penned during this first captivity, which is relatively an easier one than his second one. Mm-hmm. And if extra biblical sources are right, and we have really early records from Jerome and Eusebius, mm-hmm. Paul was released after two years in Rome around AD 62 and went and preached other places, maybe as far away as Spain. Wow. We don't, we don't have Bible sources on that, but right. early, early Christian historians have said That's that. so cool. <laughs> but then he must have come back to Rome. He was beheaded in AD 64 after oh. the great fire in Rome where Nero chose conveniently to blame the Christians. So Paul was certainly a famous Christian and got blamed along with everyone else. So Paul's second letter to Timothy is written during a much less pleasant prison time. Mm. But we're going to read Acts 28, 16 to 24 to understand his prison conditions while he was writing Ephesians to finish up this podcast. So why don't you start with verse 16? Okay. When we arrived in Rome, Paul was permitted to have his own private lodging, though he was guarded by a soldier. Three days after Paul's arrival, he called together the local Jewish leaders. He said to them, Brothers, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Roman government, even though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors. The Romans tried me and wanted to release me because they found no cause for the death sentence. But when the Jewish leaders protested the decision... I felt it necessary to appeal to Caesar, even though I had no desire to press charges against my own people. I asked you to come here today so we could get acquainted, and so I could explain to you that I am bound with this chain, because I believe that the hope of Israel, the Messiah, has already come. They replied, We have had no letters from Judea or reports against you from anyone who has come here. But we want to hear what you believe, for the only thing we know about this movement is that it is denounced everywhere. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) All we know about you is that nobody likes you. Right? (laughs) Tell us more. (laughs) That's all. Yeah. So a time was set, and on that day, a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. Mm. Using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening. That's a long time. Oh, man. Yes. (laughs) You must have been hungry to listen to that for so long. (laughs) Some were persuaded by the things he said. But others did not believe. Okay. So wow. there you go. That He's in prison. And I love his declaration there where he goes, basically, I'm here to tell you that the hope of Israel Messiah has come. Yeah. I mean, there it is in a nutshell. Yeah. That's our message. He's not pulling any punches, not trying to sneak it in there. Like, nope. this is what he believes yeah, firmly. Yeah, not pulling punches. He's yeah. not, like, luring them in to give them right. free gifts. Right. He's <laughs> like, if you want to come listen to me, I'm going to spend an entire day talking yeah. about that. But But let's go back to... The, the prison part of this. Mm. What were the hardships that Paul faced in Rome during this captivity, would you say? Yeah, well, he was I mean, falsely accused and imprisoned. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty hard to begin with, right? <laughs> he, was, he did have his own lodgings, which was nice, but he was guarded by a soldier, so he probably had no privacy. Right. And he probably was listening to everything he was saying, so that'd be kind of awkward, you know? <laughs> Can you imagine somebody in our, your house all the time that you didn't know going, yeah, just listening watching and- you? 
Ooh. Yeah, it would oh be very uncomfortable, even weird. if you were in your own home. And he probably got a little stir-crazy if you're stuck at home, even if you're in your own home. You can get a little, you know... Cabin fever. Yeah. Right. I feel like we can relate a little bit to this with, you know, quarantining in our current culture. It's like, <laughs> so let me out of here, but at least we don't have a guard lurking in our house. That's right. <laughs> Watching our every single minute. Yeah. yeah. I think getting Having a Roman guard with me 24-7 would get old really, really fast. Yes. <laughs> also, much as I love my home... I do want to see other things, yeah. see other people, right? But on the other hand, because Paul could no longer travel, he was kind of stuck and had time to talk about Jesus and write to churches, mm-hmm, right? That's true. And he did write quite a few letters yes. from this place and think through things. So it's really special when you think about it. Yeah. He lived in his own house, and his only mission during that time was to encourage via letters mm-hmm. and to talk to whoever came to him. He didn't even have to figure out, where should I go on my next mission trip? Right. He's just there, and God brings him people. Oh. Furthermore, every guard that heard Paul, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. About that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. It never ceases to amaze me how God can use some of the worst times to produce the best results in us. I know. Isn't Even that amazing? It's just so cool. I, I understand this in my head, but to experience it myself and truly know that my, you know, know it in my heart, it's another thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And God really can't speak to us as well when we're running around busy, even if we're busy with good things and serving him. So if God needs to use imprisonment or illness or whatever to get us to be still and listen, he will. And that's so cool. He uses all things for his good. That's such a comfort that he can reach through even the worst circumstances and still produce wonderful things. He can. He can. And I am sure that there's a guard or two from that time in Paul's life that is in heaven today because God placed them where they would hear the word preached. That's really cool to think about. Maybe there's a whole lineage of of his family that's believers. And we're reading his letters now and benefiting from that imprisonment of Paul. Right. And the time he had to meditate and think where he couldn't be, you know, getting shipwrecked and stuff. Right. (laughs) Bitten by snakes. He had quite the life. He's going to be fun to talk to someday. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And to think he started out pretty much cushy. I mean, he had yeah. Roman citizenship. Oh, yeah. He was a fan, dancy Pharisee. Yep. He threw it all over when Jesus blinded him that day. I know. Isn't that amazing? Gave it all up yeah. for... He did. It's just he did. really neat. He's cool. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that's a lot to learn from opening verses in Ephesians. I know. We're never going to get to this whole book. Uh, we, can't, <laughs> we cannot do it all at this two-verse pace. We just can't. So, But I'm going to summarize. Let's just summarize the lessons learned for a minute. I have six little summaries. So here we go. Mm. Number one. Paul, even though in prison, cared to write a detailed letter to Christians he probably would never see again. Mm-hmm. He never stopped caring for them. That was nice. Number two, Paul never forgot he was chosen by Jesus. He never mm-hmm. got over that wonder. Mm-hmm. And even though our choosings might not be quite as spectacular, <laughs> we should never get over the fact that God chose us. Mm-hmm. It should be a constant source of amazement and yeah. awe for us. I love that Paul was still like, I was chosen. So beautiful. Number three, we are to be holy, setting ourselves apart to do God's will and not our own gladly. Number four, we are to be faithful even when it's tough, Mm. the always faithful. Number five, we are to be gracious, (laughs) filled (laughs) with grace, undeserved pardon for others. Yeah. It's nice to remember it's undeserved, but that's what mm. grace is. You know, it's not like I'm saying I'm doing this for you because you earned it. Right. I just want to give you grace like I've been given grace. Um, and n- number five, oh, no, I just did number five. Number six, we are to cling to the peace that only mm. he can give by growing in our trust, 
that he really does have all things under his control, no matter what. Yes. And we have to remember that. Also, number seven, <laughs> I need to say grace and peace more often to people. Yeah, I really do. We should I, make it a new greeting. I like it. <laughs> I really love it because it it's wishing for their hearts to be right and to right. be whole. It's like the the sweetest thing I can do, not just to have a good day, right? But have grace, have peace today. A deeper meaning. Want to that. do that? I like it. Yeah. Well, we let's. Should. Shake things up today. Let's have you close in prayer. All right, then. I will. Can you do that? Yes, I can. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for Paul, who wrote these wonderful letters that we can read now. Thank you for his faithfulness in uh, following you and doing what you called him to do. Lord, I pray for our listeners. I pray that you will give them grace and peace. Um, help them to find their true peace in, in you, Lord, as that's our only source of peace that will not be shaken. And I pray for grace that we will extend it um, to those around us that undeserve merit, Lord. You have given us so much grace. Help us to um, give it to others and not be stingy with it. Lord, thank you so much for your word, and thank you for this time to talk about it. Um, We're excited to dig more into this book. And thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you give us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening today, friends. We would love for you to join us as a podcast partner for this new season, and we have the sweetest news. We now are fully funded for the podcast, with the exception of paying our Nicole a little stipend each month. She works hard, not only in the areas that you get to hear when you listen, but also behind the scenes. She gets our podcast ready to air every week, and y'all, that is a multi-step process. I had no <laughs> idea how complicated it was. So with a donation of as little as a dollar a month, you can help us out and get a fun newsletter that we write for you every week. <laughs> uh, no, we do not. We write for you every month. <laughs> <laughs> and be part of the podcast partner gang. Mm-hmm. So go to sweetsela.org slash donations. Join us. Be a podcast partner. Thanks so much for jumping back in for season five, our study of Ephesians. Next week, we are digging into chapter one. Episode 66 is called Count Your Blessings. And that's just what we're going to do. Have a wonderful week filled with grace and peace. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.